Hurricane 107.5. Hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Good morning and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting show, and welcome to Kane Radio, FM BAM 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area, along with uh, Louisiana and stories around the USA and the world. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Rick, uh, each Friday, these are the reason uh, we're here as these fine people. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Home Run Pizza, and Raging Cajun Seasonings and Foods. And if you'd like to give us a call, of course, the number, you got to dial that area code, 337 uh, the number is 367-1240. You can also listen to us online at www.kane1240 and, uh, .com, uh, anywhere in the world, matter of fact. And if you have an Alexa, just say Alexa, play Kane 1240, and uh, she will. Uh, anyway, you may also listen to Kane on any accessible Internet device. We're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia. Right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which I think is still open, even though this morning uh, uh, so, they're setting up tents and everything for the big gumbo cook-off this weekend. So uh had to squeeze in. Rick and I had yep. to squeeze in oh, there yeah. to find a spot. So if you're thinking about parking downtown, uh, you better look somewhere else uh, this morning So yep. and later on today and this weekend. So just to let you know. Meanwhile, Rick, uh, freshwater, saltwater fishing was shaking, my Tony, man. Tony, the, the big game this past week, like I spoke to you before we came on air, is uh, saltwater, man. I had a couple of my buddies. Of course, they're kind of tight-lipped, but, all, you know, somewhere around in the Bay Area. And uh, they, they limited out on specs quick. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they went, you know, made two trips, uh, two of my good friends, and they did, they did very well. And, uh, you know, they was using cut bait. And they yeah, said, that's man, like my it, next question. It was about ever – Ever cast, like I told you, and it didn't really? take long for them to get a limit. And uh, well, I asked them what you know about where, and they just smiled, you know. So anyway, <laughs> but it's all good. Well, I do the uh, same thing to them, Tony. Well, so. you know, uh, a lot of times, if, if yeah, I hear you. Anyway, you go out looking. Uh, of course, if they limit it out, man, I tell yeah. somebody something. You oh know, yeah, uh, because uh, well, everybody if, got their little honey holes. Tony, uh, you're right. You know, you're but right. like I told you, you know, when you was walking away a while ago. You follow. You look for the birds, and you know. That's right. And if you spec fish some Tony in the bay, you, you got your little hot spots, you know. So you're right about that. Yeah. And, uh, but it's it's nice uh, to come out because for you know the last few years things have been pretty slim out yeah. in the, the cove in those areas, trash right. pile in that area to yeah. catching specks and uh, white crow. See with the with the basin staying low, Tony. So the the, the salt water apparently is is very good right now in the bay. See what I'm saying? Because yes. you don't have that influx of fresh water. But you know what? The, the, speaking of salt water influx, <laughs> the Mississippi River people are nervous about that. They're drinking water in the New Orleans yeah, area because, because of the influx yeah. of uh, the salt water with the yeah. river being down right so now. So low. Yeah. So uh, in the meantime, uh, yeah. it's just uh, amazing how that. Yeah. Uh, now, Tony, on the freshwater side, uh-huh. we uh, we took a little trip. Did very well. We uh, caught a bunch of fish. Not not no big big fish, but we we did very well. Went out of Miet Point. Didn't, uh-huh. didn't go far, and. Uh, we took a little boat ride, and actually it took us a little longer boat ride, you know, over there and back because we, we caught them pretty quick. Oh, and, really? uh, So we had, yeah, we had a real good trip and uh, caught a few on spinner baits and some on soft plastics. But uh, all in all, it was a good good day. Anyway, uh, with that too, Rick, uh, speaking of the water uh, levels, uh, of course, uh, at Butler Rose, pretty much flat. And it has been for a while right. now too. Uh, it's right around three foot this morning. And it looks like it's just a flat line uh, out for the next uh, few weeks. 
uh, over in uh, uh, yeah. Butler Rose. The so, last three uh, weeks, Tony, like you said, has been two eight to three foot, two eight to three foot, which is not not much. It's I guess it's a little bit of tidal, and that's about it, you know. Well, how was the uh, water over me at Point? Uh, oh, it's low. About the same. Yeah, it's low. Yeah. And uh, advise people, man, just yep. be awful careful oh, if you yeah, don't know careful. the areas you're yep. fishing in. And try not to run in no back canals unless you know, you know, there's deeper water there because uh, it is it is low. When we uh, I started the engine at the landing, and uh, I had to trim it up because I was kicking up mud, and that's at the landing. Oh, wow. Yes, what, sir. What are you hearing with the lakes in Force Point and Dotrieve? Uh, Tony, I haven't heard much uh, besides – I talked to one of my friends yesterday at Lowe's, and he was saying he didn't do much duck hunting this first split because there just wasn't no birds. Now, that's in the lake. That's not saying anywhere else. True, you. true. But rather than that, I haven't heard too much about the lake. Well, until we get some more water with the rainfall we had yesterday uh, a little bit, uh, might help out, uh, or should I say not yesterday, but yeah, Wednesday. Day before. Yeah, you know, Wednesday uh, with the rain we had, uh, just the birds looking for water. Oh, yeah. You it's know, a good little study, uh, Rain, and we needed that. And uh, let's hope uh, we see a little bit more for those guys uh, with the seasons really cranking up, too, with uh, ducks and deer and, yep. and other uh, birds with the waterways. Hopefully uh, things looking a little better. Well, I finally, believe it or not, I finally get the uh, private recreational red snapper landing estimates through October the 1st. All right. And uh, with that, Rick, uh, of course, the uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife Fisheries released uh, that and it looks like things are slowing down there, too. Uh, the real landing data program uh, indicates that only 777,000 pounds, or 83.2% of Louisiana's annual take of 934,000 pounds have uh, been harvested. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's just little by little inching up. Right. It was at 82, I believe, uh, the yeah. week before. And uh, just the average estimates, and of course, back in July, uh, the 17th of July, you were able to grab four fish per person with a 16-inch total length uh, minimum size until the uh, landings reach or, or approach uh, the allocation. But right now, the way it's moving, you know, with a lot of people who do a lot of red fishing right now, it, uh, they're, they're either deer hunting, duck hunting, or, or spread doing out. other things. Yeah. So, of course, and a lot of that takes place east of us off of Grand Isle and all where uh, That's right. a lot of deep uh, water fishing, you know, where you go into those 50, 60-foot depths. Yeah. You don't have to go that far over there. No, do you? you don't. To no, get deep water, not like over here, Tony. Yeah, you're yeah. right about that. So uh, you got to go out past Marshall Island a good way. So yeah. uh, to find some, unless you want to fish in the uh, uh, Southwest Pass, you know, pass. you might be able to to catch a few uh, right. fish, you know, up in that area. But uh, in the meantime, uh, of course, a reminder: you know, you need that recreational offshore uh, uh, landing permit. That's yep. right. You know, you need if you're going to go out there, you're going to need that. And uh, but. Anyway, and uh, it's uh, interesting. Uh, it's I'm I'm kind of surprised. I thought it'd be picking up a little bit more. Yeah. But I think last year they went somewhere into December, early December, before they hit the allocation. I but, think you're right. Yeah. But uh, well, anyway, uh, we'll see uh, what transpires in that too, with that regard. So uh, uh, just looking at uh, all the information that we have, um, it just uh, I thought we'd see a little bit more and a little bit better. So uh, with the uh, Tony, didn't squirrel season open? Are you going to talk about that later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did. Uh, it did. Uh, I want to say October the second. Okay. Uh, somewhere up in there, up in the Ville Platte area, with the state and private land. So uh, yeah. So uh, with that, but also uh, flounder season is set to close uh, on the fifteenth. Flounders. Yeah, till November thirtieth, and okay. the annual close season for the recreational uh, uh, 
commercial harvest of southern flounder from October 15th to November 30th of each year is approaching. The statewide closure for the southern flounder is for all sections and all gear types, including any flounder caught as a bycatch in any other fishery. So exemptions that previously existed for the southern flounder caught as a bycatch on a shrimping trip are no longer applicable. The Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission was granted the authority by the legislature to modify the shrimping bycatch exempt exemption if the flounder stock is overfished and or undergoing uh, uh, fish overfishing. So, okay. uh, just you know, with the flounder, a good eating, uh, a good eating uh, fish, and uh, I know uh, uh, some local grocers that carry it. You know, yeah. uh, with and they stuff them. You know, whether it be with crawfish or shrimp or, or whatever the case may be, crab meat, uh, but uh, flounder, good eating fish. And I never you know, ate it, Tony. You ate it? Yeah, I yeah. have eaten it in my life. Uh, I enjoy it, uh, but uh, my, my still my choice of is a good good grill speckled trout. Yeah, that's my uh, take in uh, fishing. But uh, in the meantime, don't hear much about the flounder too. No, and I know uh, there's a lot of reason uh, uh, with it being a lot of stress on that fish. So. Uh, of course, they swim on the bottom. You oh, know? yeah. They, you yeah, know, they, uh, uh, just uh, and to catch them. But, right. you know, when they put these limits, and not only limits, but it's not like you throw your line out there, okay, well, go catch me uh, this or go right. catch me that. Yeah. It's ever type bait you may be using that day. Rick, you know as well as I do, whether oh, yeah. you pull up a bass or a sockle yeah. or a brim or right. whatever might be uh, uh, biting at that particular time or whatever area you'll be fishing in. So uh, yes, it's not like you can order what you're going to bring up. Yep. And uh, <laughs> anyway, the, the difference is uh, in, in fishing right now. Also, uh, recreational gag groupers uh, uh, along uh, state and federal fishing uh, season to close to October the 19th. And uh, with that, uh, I guess uh, with that, the federal uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric uh, Administration has issued an emergency season modification for the gag grouper fishery, which closes at 12.01 a.m. October 19th. The gag group of recreational season was originally scheduled to close on November the 9th. The fishery remained closed until the gag group of recreational fishery opens in 2024. And uh, interesting, another fish okay. that... Uh, so, know, Tony, all, all of this is new and upcoming? Or yeah, it's that's been, right. Okay, that's I, right. I didn't think I ever heard a, you know, a season closing on, the, you know... Yeah, just strange. Uh, on the flounder or the grouper, yeah. But it's just uh, amazing uh, to see that too, Rick. Well, is the that, biologists, they, you know, yeah, they do that. That that's all part of the survey and everything. That's you know, the betterment for the fishermen. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. And uh, of course, uh, years ago, you, uh, I'm sure you can recall, uh, the bass used to pull in the boat. You know, uh, with the. Uh, the limits they started putting on that, and, and it's coming, you know. The, yeah. The, they finally, uh, the commission finally got up and made some decisions with regards to. Uh, Respect. That's right. So yeah. uh, we'll see uh, what's going to last with that, with the legislature and everything else. So uh, yeah. a lot of lobbying. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. those instances. No doubt. With those different fish. So uh, with that, and, you know, we've even seen it, too, at times where we have uh, the stress on the crab industry, too. Yeah. When they put that to sleep, and uh, you can recall earlier this year, we talked about up in North Louisiana, uh, they were looking at the uh, uh, crappie, you know, with regards to uh, some limitations on that. 
and also uh, I think that was up near Lake Darborn up I in think the you're uh, right, Tony. Farmerville yeah. area yeah. where they were looking at, and that's a huge Yeah, lake they want you to there. keep a certain size that way the rest that's of them right. can grow and catch up. And, uh, and yeah, I, That I way you get a good why. balance in the lake. And, yeah. you know, you, Ricky, along with a lot of your friends, uh, you catch a nice uh, pretty bass uh, oh, yeah. in chill way, you know, 8, 9, 10 pounds, and yeah. take your picture and throw it back. Oh, you know? yeah. You got a lot of people that don't, but uh, well, a lot of people still do. Yeah. And, you know, Tony, if you got, like, like we have our private pond and we baby it, you know, the biggest I've caught out of there is 11 and a half. Like you said, I, I took a picture, gave her a kiss, and put her back. I mean, if that fish is still alive today, it's probably close to 15 pounds, you know. Yeah, you're right about and, that. And so. a, a fish that big and that old, Tony, it doesn't, it doesn't taste as well as a pound, pound and a I half, agree. you know. I agree with that. And then you you got to regulate it, too. You want to take you – because know, if you leave the little fish in there, then they'll all be little. So – you know, it's kind of like a, a, a farmer. you got to regulate it and keep up with it, you know. Yeah. I, so anyway, but yeah, it's uh, – Well, just look uh, with regards even with my fish, speckled trout. You, know, you don't have yeah. like a four-pounder or five-pound speckled no, trout. No, you, you know, know. Yeah. You know, as big as those fish are. Yeah, your pound uh, and a half, two pounds is the best taste. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, a couple of fillets on that. And, that's right. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That, that, that's all you need. But anyway, uh, yeah. With some asparagus and some uh, oh, yeah. uh, potatoes or whatever the case may be, you might want to eat it on the side uh, in that – Anyway, also, you know, the burn ban, uh, with some of the rain we've been getting, but uh, Louisiana uh, Wildlife and Fisheries Commission approved an extension of the burn ban on Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries owned and managed lands, too, in that regard. So uh, they approved uh, an extension. That was last Thursday, uh, October the 5th, and prohibiting all burning upon the uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries owned or managed lands. The declaration extension will remain in effect until through November 2nd, and unless otherwise rescinded or modified by the Wildlife and Fisheries or the Commission, and according to the declaration, uh, all burning upon uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife Fisheries owned or managed lands is strictly prohibited. prohibited yeah. That's right. And however, outdoor cooking is allowed uh, using contained cooking equipment designed for cooking purposes only on a flame-resistant surface or on a water source or a fire extinguisher nearby. Of course, this declaration of emergency is a matter of public safety and protection in order to protect the uh, fish and wildlife resources of the state. And failure to abide by the declaration of emergency shall constitute a Class 2 violation. If you want to see that violation, go to the website and see what it is. Uh, yep. But, you know, as well as Pull I do, the thousands of acres that, that burned. were burned yeah. here in the state of Louisiana, especially on right. the western side of us oh, yeah. and even up uh, uh, around the uh, some of the northern areas. But... Uh, just amazing too uh and that affects wildlife for that matter oh yeah you know, they've got to escape it really does, hopefully Tony. a lot yeah. of them can escape right and i mean the thousands of acres that were burned uh, uh with that but uh in the meantime hopefully uh uh we'll see something hopefully the rain will cooperate with us too uh to kind of moisten up but uh i hate to say this but sometimes some of these burns are good too to clear yeah. out some of the underbrush and all and uh let the trees regenerate and uh if yeah, they're used to in the fall they would <clears throat> excuse me burn the marsh tony and uh it you know it, it, that would do well for for the marsh area they would burn the marsh back and uh also i, I saw an article too i wasn't able to print it we having a little few issues with our printer this morning but uh the louisiana wildlife and fisheries commission passed a notice of intent to modify the rules for the manhaden fishery uh uh uh, right now, Rick, and right. uh, some of those rules, uh, they're out now to a mile. Uh, and I think they were also trying to have an amendment to it for certain areas along Grand Isle 
and also Cameron Parish, a three-mile barrier. And that would uh, be interesting, too, if that was set up. Of course, there's going to be a lot of lobbering uh, uh, with that uh, to see how that's going to be maintained and all with that. But in the meantime, uh, some good things to see in that regard uh, with that. So uh, I think it's – And I should help you spec fishing too, Tony. That's what I'm hoping to. That's their main food chain. With those big boats going in there and just netting all those fish, you know, uh, within uh, a mile. I think at one time the buffer was only a half mile, a quarter of a mile, but uh, they've uh, moved it out, and it's out there for approval, I do believe. And uh, I think it's going to – Help out the uh, the spec fishing too, because uh, as we've talked about in this show many times, yep. the pogey or Manhattan is uh, the spec uh, really enjoys uh, chasing that fish and for uh, its food source. So uh, in the meantime, uh, and you know to catch h- hundreds of thousands of pounds of Manhattan, but the problem is you're catching other fish in there, yeah. you're catching crabs, you're catching turtles. Uh, uh, just uh, hopefully. Uh, They'll buy by that, and a three-mile limit uh, off Grand Isle and Cameron Parishes uh, would go a long way uh, in helping our fishing industry, too, uh, with that regard. So I can't see if I've ever seen one of those big boats, too, no, uh, netting uh, fish uh, out there. So um, anyway, it's going to be pretty interesting in that regard. So yep. uh, hopefully we'll see some of that uh, with that. But anyway, uh, thanks for moving on, too, uh, uh, Rick. Anyway, you you mentioned early in the broadcast about uh, the speck fishing being uh, pretty good out there in uh, the bay. Yeah, it's uh, it's that time, Tony. Usually when we get it, the first couple of fronts, and uh, I got a bunch of my friends that uh, you know they they love saltwater fishing. I said, well, look, y'all, let me know you know when it when it's picking up. And uh, like I said, last last weekend or last week, the whole weekend, the weekend they uh, they did very well. They they went out twice and uh, caught limits both times. Oh wow. Anyway, here's uh, something before we take our first break in the next few minutes and all that. Louisiana, uh, they're talking about it, but they're not, uh, it's not etched in stone right now uh, to hold the first black bear season in decades. I've seen that. Uh, anyway, in 1902, of course, you know, a lot of people don't realize when this. Roosevelt, but, yeah, yeah, when Rose, Teddy Roosevelt was an avid hunter yep. and outdoorsman, he, he, I think he was the one to first create the uh, national parks, too. Uh, uh, back in the day, uh, anyway, he uh, he was an avid hunter, and he came to Louisiana to hunt to hunt bear uh, back in the turn of the uh, in the beginning of the twentieth century. And uh, of course, the president uh, uh, was was a refusal. I think they had a black bear in sight, then he was going to shoot the bear, and uh, I think it was uh, wasn't too hard of him to kill the bear and all. And he kind of uh, didn't want to do it, yeah. and uh, it led to a national outcry uh, uh, about our fearless leader and the creation of the infamous teddy bear. Yeah. And that's how the infamous teddy bear came around. And uh, most don't know that uh, the stuffed toy originated in Louisiana Okay, uh, with that. And however, the population once prolific in Louisiana began to deteriorate, uh, and then it was listed as a threatened source uh, under the Endangered Species Act uh, about 30 years ago in 1992. And thanks to the collaborative uh, efforts of multiple stakeholders to monitor the black bear population and uh, restore the black bear habitat and protect the species for long term, the bear is now recovered and was removed from the endangered species list on 2016. 
And you know as well as I do that they're more of a nuisance than yeah. anything else. Uh, they're not really in danger. I can't recall anyone uh, being attacked by a black bear. They'll right. run from you unless yeah. she's protecting her cubs. Right. You know, but I know back in even in my neighborhood a few years ago, she I was back there that. with her cubs knocking yeah. over garbage cans, scoundering for food and foliage and everything else, and uh, just a quick uh, cry, and she'd run with her cubs. And uh, But in the meantime, uh, they're talking about uh, – and I'm sure it's going to be limited with tags and everything else with the procedure of this. But however, some would argue that the black bear population has escalated to the point of teddy bear once again has begun to be problematic. And uh, last time I saw one, I was going out to Sipmore Point and I saw a big black bear had a collar on running across the road yep. over there on top of Weeks Island. Uh, looked like a big shaggy dog. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, around it had Weeks a white, yeah. had some white uh, on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and had a big collar on it as it was running across the street. A couple of people went, look at that big dog. That's not a dog. That's yeah. a bear. bear yeah. You know, running out. And there's a pretty good den of bears in Lydia and the Weeks Island area. And yep. Not sure about Avery Island, some of those other places. But uh, they've, uh, while no details have been released regarding the impending 2024 black bear season, which parishes will be included and proposed dates, intended harvest rates, and uh we do know that it will be some sort of form of a lottery-style hunt, and we'll get more information in the coming months of now how hunters can be uh, applied to be included into the lottery draw. So uh, yep, going to be interesting, too. Uh, black bear hunting, uh, uh, can't ever say I've, I've seen them, but I've never, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, hunted them uh, in that regard. And uh, the black bear here, uh, more of a marshy bear, too. Right. Uh, you know, you think uh, you see all these movies where you see these cute bears but the bears here are full of mud and mm-hmm. dirt and everything else and ticks and everything else for oh, that yeah. regard. So uh, in the meantime, but uh, interesting to see what's going to come out of that uh, with Wildlife and Fisheries Commissions and uh, also with uh, regards to the legislature. So uh should be interesting. You know, maybe what was it a little over 20 years ago? Uh, with the alligator, yeah, you know, and uh, that, and you hear that dying. You know, we don't, you don't hear much about it at all uh, with the alligator tags and all that out there in September. There's uh, plenty of them, Tony. Oh, Rick, I, I tend to agree with you, uh, and it, yeah. they're growing all the time. Every time too. we go to the basin, you see more and more. It's like wow, you know. And you don't have a, they don't have a natural uh, a predator, predator, nope, no, at all. But they prey on everybody else. I can oh, assure yeah. you. I saw somewhere here in the state that they caught a 13 foot, uh, eight inch one weighing mm-hmm. uh, 800 and something pounds. Right. man. That's a big alligator. And then Mississippi broke the record, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you're seeing a lot of that. Anyway, in the meantime, it's time to take our first break here on uh, on Kane Radio's uh, Fishing and Hunting Show. You're listening to FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulic serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. 
Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dawes Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. Discover Ragin' Cajun, the original Cajun seasoning. And Ragin' Cajun Foods, delicious lines of seasoned red beans, white beans, black-eyed peas, sweet jalapeno relish, Ragin' Cajun roux, rice dressing, gumbo, jambalaya, etouffee, shrimp and grits, seafood bisque, and the new Ragin' Cajun stovetop shrimp oil, gator rub, and sizzling steak seasoning. Ragin' Cajun, the original recipes have been handcrafted here in Acadiana since 1985. Folks, ask them for that Ragin' Cajun. Save bomb. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. Tiger Rag Magazine subscribers are LSU fans in the know. Tiger Rag Magazine gives you exclusive stories, beautiful pictures, and behind-the-scenes insights. Subscribe today and be in the know at TigerRag.com. The hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 1075, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. Welcome back to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with uh, Ricky Watkins. And you know, Rick, I want to remind folks about the gumbo cook-off down here. So if you're looking for a place to park, it's slim and none. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't chance it. And, uh, of course, we had to slide in earlier, but uh, we're going to be leaving after a while So uh, with that. But uh, the gumbo cook-off, the World International Gumbo Cook-Off here downtown at Bullini Plaza, is uh, the tents are up, a lot of them, more to be put up and. I uh, want to see all the success in the world oh, yeah. for the Chamber of Commerce, uh, right. which is uh, was induced into Ron Mind, folks. Uh, very little parking downtown, if any, yeah. but I wouldn't take a chance as uh, you could get squeezed or, or even ticketed. Don't know if they'll start that <laughs> later on during the day, well, but uh, yep. uh, it's interesting. So um, if you want to come down and enjoy some uh, gumbo over the weekend, uh, they'll be here. Anyway, Rick saw this, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, the hunting here is, uh, I can remember older men telling me years ago that uh, the speckle bellies used to oh, fill yeah. the sky, yep. man, with hunting. And, you know, snow geese are heading to Louisiana in, uh, this month, and most of our wintering waterfowl species enter their peak migration periods in the state. And, like, the blue-winged teal uh, started and arriving in late August, September, and uh, others uh, – like uh, the blue wing, uh, uh, along with, I mean the green wing, along with the cinnamon uh, colored teal and uh, common golden eye, aren't really expected until late November. But the waterfowl species uh, that, that you know, the, most of us in the fall migration, but there are four main species of geese, and that migrate to Louisiana. And the greater white-fronted uh, geese, which are familiar, uh, called speckle bellies, as I mentioned a little earlier, uh, by waterfowl hunters. Then you got the snow geese. The Ross geese, who we both weren't familiar with them, but uh, we right. I pulled up some pictures last year and looked at that 
that particular uh, goose, and it's just a, a little smaller version of uh, uh, snow geese. Uh, and, of course, they're crackling uh, geese. And if you're thinking about uh, forgetting, uh, I'm not mentioning Canadian geese. I'm, uh, it, I'm not because it may, it may surprise you to learn that Canadian geese very rarely uh, migrate into Louisiana. I, I didn't know that. Okay. I and uh, basically the ones that are here are either feral populations or escapees from farms uh, with the wild Canadian uh, geese. And they're exceedingly rare in this state. And uh, that's something I didn't know. I thought... Uh, with a Canadian goose, uh, uh, and you, you were really limited uh, over the years of shooting those. Uh, some years you weren't able to shoot any, and some years you could shoot. That's right. And uh, so, but our native geese, the snow geese, create a true spectacular. Uh, when you see them arriving here in, uh, now in, in the month of October, the big push isn't actually until the first three weeks of November. I know they've got a lot of people here that like to hunt just geese. Right. You know, they're not duck hunters. They like to hunt. Uh, and I can remember a few times uh, heading uh, west over on LA-14. Man, when you get into the uh, Capitol yep. area, man, you see them in all the rice ponds. Oh, all, yeah. I mean, all over the place, You're too. Right, Tony. And, uh, of course, uh, they begin, as I mentioned, arriving here in the next few weeks but the big push until november and uh, if you'd like to see i mean it's something to see i yeah. mean there are millions of them right you know and uh the snow goose in numbers of louisiana and texas are quite impressive around three million uh individuals each year and the total number of snows have is believed to be around 15 to 16 million in human terms that's equal you ready to the populations of louisiana arkansas and alabama and mississippi combined combined you know, that's how many uh, geese we're talking about. And, of course, uh, speaking of the area, Louisiana usually has the largest concentration uh, uh, of these uh, particular birds. And the Christmas bird counts are conducted usually once a year in mid-December, early January in repeated locations. There's a 15-mile diameter circles of what they look at. In the last 15 years, combining all the counts in the state, Louisiana has anywhere from 165,000 to 636,000 snow geese found in counts. Those are those little 15-mile uh, uh, areas, uh, right. diameters. And uh, after that, uh, uh, the numbers from November have died down. The average over the last 15 years was about 311,000, with a total number of 4,677,000 geese. And if you want to see a flock of 25 to 40,000 or even twice that, you can do it right here in the Bayou State. And, uh, in fact, record high count for the species in Louisiana is 400,000 birds. That's a lot of geese, man, oh, yeah. when you hear them honking and cackling and everything else. So where do you go to look for them? Well, back in the 60s and 70s, you know, there wasn't a gazillions of them back then as they are today. But snow geese have migrated here. They stayed in the marshes. Yeah. And that's why you didn't see them. But around 30 or 40 years ago, the snow geese covered a, a new treat, and that's rice. And, in fact, their culinary expansion was so tasty that the population exploded. I guess uh, goose talk, I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> through the vines. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then they began consequently eating sorghum, wheat, corn, agricultural grains. And, and uh, if you want to find them, you can think of uh, there's a few areas in the state, but southwest Louisiana, like I said, Go down Highway uh, uh, 14, 14 or 82, yeah. either one of those uh, east-west uh, uh, highways, and uh, it's easily one of the most uh, guaranteed public spots is the Cameron Parish uh, 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 Prairie National Wildlife Refuge and the Pintail Wildlife Driving in Cameron Parish. And you can see 
also see smaller numbers closer to uh, up north, uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, but when you drive Highway 1. But if you want to see some of those other goose species, so how do you tell the difference? Snow geese are white, duh. Yeah. Anyway, and the uh, distal ends there, uh, wings are black, but just make things up interesting. They also come in completely different colors, a slatty blue-gray uh, with a white head and a tail and a black and white wings. And these guys are known as blue geese, but they're still the same species, just a different color. And, yes, both colors can be in the same flock. And only the wild goose that looks similar to the snow goose is when you see in Louisiana that we talked about in flocks of snow geese is the Ross goose, which is a little smaller version. Yeah. You know, we looked at that in a little shorter uh, beak and all. And right. uh, it's uh, actually white, too, and they look uh, they have identical plumage. Uh, and they're half the size mass-wise, about, about the size of a mallard, you know, a right. big mallard, mm-hmm. uh, a, a greenhead. And they also have a stubbier bill and a sweeter, rounder-looking face, and they're outnumbered by snows by a considerable margin. But uh, anyway, it's, it's pretty cool watching these birds uh, fly through the air over the years, too, Rick. Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned, man, I, as a kid growing up, uh, I remember a lot of older men talking about, man, they just, the speckle bellies used oh, to yeah. just fill the sky over in the Kaplan Gator area. It darkened the sun, as they oh, used yeah. to say. Anyway, also one quick thing before we go to our tides. It's a Louisiana Operation Game Thief. And I know that's kind of ratting out uh, hunters and uh, fishermen and all, but the monetary awards went out recently uh, by the board, and they gave away over thirty over $30,000, 3200 to be, uh, you know, and that's when you see these people diligently break in the law yeah. with the numbers of birds and all and some accidental i can understand but uh when you see that and anyone wishing to report wildlife and fisheries violations that should and you're going to be anonymous uh, with that there's a toll-free number to call you can look it up in the website and find it out 1-800-442-2511 and uh you can even hit tip 411 for the program but uh you know tips just can uh, and it's everything's going to be uh anonymous and uh, but it was instituted way back in eighty four, nineteen eighty four, for the cash rewards and all, and arrest of violators of fish and wildlife regulations. The fundraise through private donations, court directed con- contributions through uh, that, and uh, it's they're out there to help. Uh, you know, with that, and I'm not saying you got to uh, rat out a friend or a neighbor or whatever, but you know, if they excessively abusing the law, yeah. They need to be turned in, and you know as well as I do that helps in the long run. Meanwhile, the tides today, uh, Triskaidekaphobia, that's right, Friday the 13th today. Okay. Uh, the Knights Templar all went down. I think uh, uh, Pope Philip uh, IV, I think, ended up uh, uh, bringing their reign to an end. Anyway, the sun rose uh, this morning at 7.08. It's going to set at 6.40 tonight, a lot shorter daylight hours. Anyway, in the high and low tide chart, the first high tide was at 3.38 this morning. The next high tide will be at 4.07. First low tide this morning, 9.42. The next low tide, it's uh, 9.48 tonight. Uh, elsewhere on the 14th, tomorrow, the sun's going to rise at 7.09, set at 6.39. We'll lose two minutes there. And in the high and low tide chart, the first high tide will be at 3.43 a.m. Saturday morning. The next high tide at 5.06 p.m. The first low tide tomorrow will be at 10.04 a.m. And the next low tide at 10.21 p.m. On Sunday, the 15th, 
Sunrise 709, sunset at 638 in the high and low tide chart. First high tide will be at 345 a.m. Sunday morning. The next high tide will be at 604 p.m. The first low tide will be at 1030 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning. And the next low tide at 1057 p.m. The average water temperature out there in Southwest Pass Vermilion Bay, uh, 77 degrees. Uh, not yep. a bad temperature bad. out there, Rick, in that regard. So uh, interesting, yep. though. Anyway, Rick, each uh, Friday we're here because of these fine people. You're right, Tony. Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Home Run Pizza, and Raging Cajun Seasonings and Foods. And our motto is always, Kids Rick. Kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal. 